This is a WKYT podcast. Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. And today we have the opportunity to hear from United Nations Ambassador and Kentucky native Kelly Kraft. Ambassador Kraft brought members of the UN Security Council to the Commonwealth last weekend. The diplomats from around the globe had a chance to talk issues in a friendly Kentucky setting. Before being chosen by President Trump as UN Ambassador from the United States, Kraft was the US Ambassador to Canada. Ambassador Kraft was an alternate delegate to the UN under former President George W. Bush. And locally, she served on the board of her alma mater, the University of Kentucky. Kraft is married to Cole Executive Joe Kraft, and she's a big UK fan, by the way, and we want to welcome Ambassador Kraft uh, with us. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Bill, for having me. This is such an honor to be here, especially to be home on a Monday. So and it you. must uh, you must feel uh, uh, right at home, certainly yes. at a time yes. like this. What is the experience like for you to serve the United States in this very important and highly visible position, uh, given that you know, you're from Kentucky, your roots are from here, how does that shape you in, 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 in your view of of the world? You know, I think, I think growing up in a small town, I, I was born in Lexington, but Glasgow, Kentucky is my home. That's where I was brought up. And I think that's vitally important because being brought up on a farm, my father was a, a veterinarian and we had a working farm, really instilled the values that um, many hands make light work. And I think the Security Council, we all are so engaged in order to make our work lighter and more efficient. Um, my dad taught me the values that every, every living, breathing, everything matters. And therefore, I learned how to value the land, how to value a farmer's hard, hard, long, hard day at work, and also to value your, your um, obligation to serve, whether it be serve your community of Glasgow, Barron County, or serve the state of Kentucky, and, and or serve a higher, higher calling, which is the, our nation. How did the visits go last weekend when you brought uh, diplomats from around the world to your old Kentucky home? <laughs> well, you know, it was something that I've been thinking about for two months. I've been at the UN three months as of December the 11th. So I came right into the high-level week of the General Assembly and the Security Council presidency, the U.S. presidency, was in December. So you rotate this every 15 months because there's 15 members of the Security Council. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a very um, important decision because when you bring people to your home, I look at bringing the Security Council to Kentucky as a very intimate gathering because this is my home. And I'm opening up my friends, my family, which is the state of Kentucky, to the people that they know the least. Um, so we made the decision based upon the fact that Kentucky is a state that has, was a farming community and is taking farming to a different level with more of an agribusiness and with a lot of private-public partnership. I wanted, I wanted them to see that you know, we are on a global scale with whether it be horses, bourbon, Alltech, which is one of the um, companies that we visited because I wanted them to understand the Alltech, the Lions family has committed to nine of the 17 sustainable development goals at the UN. And, you know, I, I just wanted them to show my home so they can understand better my values and what I bring to the Security Council. And what were some of the topics you discussed uh, while you were here in this, uh, uh, this, you know, 
placid setting of, the, of mm -hmm. Kentucky and the bluegrass region. Well, you know, we discussed a lot about private-public partnership. You know, I wanted them to understand that the bourbon industry is, is, is global. It's all over the world. That uh, with Alltech, I had J.D. Vance come in, the author of Hillbilly Elegy, Jonathan Webb with App Harvest, obviously Mark Lyons, who is, you know, their Alltech is feeding the world, and they are partnering with organizations all over the world. And also um, Scott Jennings was there, so he, he was fun because they couldn't get over that Scott being a conservative yet is on CNN, so that was kind of a little, a lot of fun for the Security Council. But I think it was really important that they see that we are a state that we care about our people, and we also care about helping really be part of, part of the world, be engaged in the world. And uh, whether it be through App Harvest with Jonathan Webb with his indoor farming, or whether it be with Alltech with feeding the, feeding the world basically, with, and also livestock, and um, I think it was just very important for them to see that this is not just a state in the United States, because a lot of them thought we were in the Midwest. So I said, no, we're, you know, we're, we're more of the Southern, and, and they really got to feel a Southern hospitality. Ambassador, how important, and given the perspective that you have now, how important is the United Nations to world stability? You know, uh, the UN, for some countries, is the only global stage that they have in order to voice their needs, in order to voice their, their hopes and their aspirations. And I find that the UN is vital because the U.S., whether the U.N. is located in New York or abroad, we are the number one donor, just like we are with NATO. And it's very important that, that the countries understand that we are a country that we're very giving. We're always the first in and the last to, to leave. Uh, we also care about transparency. We are a country that cares about our taxpayers' dollars, and that's one of the reasons that the president sent me, is because he knew that I would be watching after our taxpayers, as he is a businessman, and, under, and we understand business and that you have to have accountability and also efficiency. And I think that's where the UN plays an important role, is that the U.S. is allowed to really showcase what we can do for the other 192 member states. There are always hot spots in the world, and North Korea is one of those, certainly right now, and they've done more nuclear testing and, and, uh, uh, and pushed back when the United States criticized uh, them for doing more testing. Uh, what is our stance? Well, you know, we don't have a deadline, and we are very hopeful that they will keep with their commitment in the denuclearization and also with not um, launching any of, any of their missiles. And it doesn't matter whether they're short short-term missiles or long-term, it is the fact that we would like to have peace on the Korean Peninsula. And in order to have peace, everyone needs to know that there's not going to be a threat. And I think that's what's really important, and we, really, we want to work with them. And we will use every tool possible in order to have negotiations and to be able to continue this dialogue with Chairman Kim. In the, the Mideast, Iran, uh, well, we have issues that yeah. we're very concerned about yeah. there as, as we watch uh, as Americans. Well, you know, for, for everyone to know that Iran, they are bad actors. And we have not seen any change in their behavior. I mean, just this past couple weeks, we've, we've seen where Iran, um, basically, you know, they have been killing their youth. I mean, these are protesters that would like to have democracy, would like to have a freedom of speech and to be able to protest peacefully and they are not allowing this in Iran. You know, Iran has caused major issues in Yemen 
with we have the biggest humanitarian disaster there because Iran, they prop up the Houthi rebels, which are the rebels that do not allow for access, for, for aid, for the World Food Program to come into Yemen. You know, they uh, have propped up the Assad regime in Syria. And through Syria, Iran sends their weapons to Hezbollah in Lebanon. So they are bad actors everywhere in the world. And most importantly was we want to promote youth no matter where they are, whether it's Iran, Iraq, Yemen, the United States, everybody needs to have a voice. And they need to have the opportunity to speak for freedom. Um, you know, and we have the same situation in Iraq with government going against the youth that are just asking for, for a better life. The timing of, uh, of all of this, including these visits to Kentucky and, and as we are in the holiday period here in the United States, uh, uh, it comes during this impending impeachment uh, vote in the U.S. House. Uh, are other diplomats around the world paying close attention to the internal situation in the United States and is that a distraction uh, for you? You know, I will say, I just got back from Colombia and then, and being in Colombia and seeing all of the refugees that are coming across the border in Venezuela and speaking to people, the first thing they say is, Americans are here. The Security Council arrived and it gave everybody great hope. But more importantly is when I would speak to people, we give them hope. They're not concerned about impeachment. They don't even know about impeachment. What they do know is that Donald Trump cares about the regular person. Those are the people that elected him in the United States. Those are the people that when I'm abroad, when I'm in South Sudan or in Bogota, Colombia, those are the people that are in, the, in need, the refugees, and they know that we care. And that's what we're focused on, is making certain that we take care of those that have less. To what extent do you have to pay attention to such uh, things as the Brexit uh, uh, deal going on in uh, Great Britain and the questions about the way forward there. Um, well, I think with Brexit, with Ambassador Pierce, who is here, we just are very supportive of the ambassador. She's the ambassador of the United Kingdom to the United Nations, and obviously Great Britain or the United Kingdom is one of the P5 of the Security Council, which is the veto, the permanent five. Uh, we are just very supportive of Ambassador Pierce and her issues with Bre with Brexit and with the newly elected prime minister, re-elected prime minister Boris Johnson. How do you approach uh, climate change, which many uh, scientists and uh, UN members say needs very urgent attention? That in fact, uh, at this point, uh, we are behind the ball on trying to uh, to deal with that. I know you've said that uh, you're for countries to do their individual parts to address uh, climate change. What is the United States' role? Well, you know, I disagree that we are not behind because I think that that the U.S. We don't have to be part of an agreement or a treaty to be active and actively engaged within whether it be climate change or, or any negotiation or any treaty for that matter. But the U.S. has been very successful in, in curbing our emissions. Uh, what I like to focus on is the innovation and technology that we as Americans are developing around the world to help with combating climate change. I think that's what's really important and we have some of the smartest, brightest young students in, in the world that are in the United States that are Americans that are also developing new technologies to, to curb carbon emissions. Uh, given the, the, you know, the, the United States situation as the, as the leader in the world, do we have a responsibility to go first on these things or do you want other countries to come along uh, at the same time in the approach to, to that issue? Well, I think we, with the, within any, any um, area of, of giving, we are always the, the, the largest donor. 
and we with if you're speaking about the climate change yes. with with the Paris uh, agreement we don't necessarily see being part of that group in order to make a difference with sustainability we try to balance our economy and also our environment and I think that's what's really important and we have made strides like I said we are we are in Africa we are helping them with technology we are helping countries that to keep them sustainable and and we want to leave a community we want to leave them with lessons learned on how to better stabilize their community so that we don't have to be there full time that they can implement and employ their own people You've talked some about human rights, and during your confirmation, you promised to tackle human rights abuses every day. Uh, how are you uh, following through on that pledge, or how do you plan to? Well, you know, we just had Human Rights Day at the United Nations, and my, I stress to everyone, every day is Human Rights Day. And depending on the country, it's case by case as to the issues. Um, we focus on the peacekeeping troops that are there in order to keep peace in that particular country and they are keeping an eye and making certain that the rights of the people that they're protecting are not abused and it is it is a real issue around the world you know the US is we withdrew from the Human Rights Council for a reason there are countries that are engaged in the Human Rights Council that are the very abusers themselves so we are very much engaged daily on combating human rights whether it be human trafficking human rights any issue where an individual's rights are abused you talked about, uh, and we've talked about, your uh, devotion continues to the Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> yeah. And I know certainly uh, uh, during your visit here, uh, you wanted to just take a moment in honor of John Walls, uh, who's uh, had a yeah. profound loss. Yeah, John Walls' mother, Frances Pulley, uh, passed away just this week. And when uh, Coach Cal asked me to, to do the why, I said, you know, I'm going to do this in, in memory of Frances Pulley. And it meant so much to me to know that I know she was watching. and. Um, John it was such an intricate part of the university and he continues to give back to Kentucky as we all know and I think that it's really important for people to reach out to John and and to show their condolences about his mother and then you know just to be at Kentucky this is where I graduated from and to be able to bring the Security Council and I must say I really prayed hard for a win so <laughs> uh, they had a great time I don't, I don't know who was who was more excited the council to see Coach Cal or Coach Cal to see the council. So it was a win-win for everyone. What do you want to be said about your tenure as United States Ambassador to the United Nations? You know, I feel like that I was appointed for such a time as this. I care about people. I look for the next right thing. And I want people to know that I'm a bridge builder between countries and that when you're speaking to a country, whether it be Russia and China on the Security Council, you look to them first as where is their culture? They're speaking to their capital. I want to negotiate and build friendships based upon who you are and where you came from. Have you put other countries on notice? Don't mess around with our 2020 election uh, here. You know, I don't think we have to put them on notice. I think that everyone understands the freedom of expression, the right to vote. And in the Security Council, it's, it's really not an issue. We are all there to work together. We're all there to promote one another, and most importantly, the council's there to maintain peace and security around the world, and that's what we're all focused on. Ambassador Kraft, thank you for coming by. My really, pleasure. Really thank appreciate you. It. Thank, thank you. you very much for having me. And stay with us. We'll be back on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers.
We welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers on WKYT. Recently re-elected state auditor Mike Harmon released the results of two audits this week. One looked at how spending for the Kentucky Wired Broadband Project has ballooned out of control. Another special examination of Kentucky child support enforcement. Auditor Harmon has also recently looked at several local governments to see how they're taking care of tax dollars that flow through. Auditor Harmon campaigned on the slogan, Follow the Data, and he says he does that without regard to political affiliation or geography. Auditor Harmon, welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Glad Thanks for coming. Here. Glad to be here. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing and, fine. And Merry Thank Christmas. And same to you, sir. Yes. Uh, it was a noble idea to get uh, broadband uh, to every section of Kentucky Very and available, so. uh, but the Kentucky Wired Project has been more expensive and has taken longer than anyone envisioned. Uh, the audit you released uh, this week uh, may give us some details as to why. Yeah, this was phase two. Uh, we had done released phase one a, a while back. Uh, in that one, we kind of detailed the fact that uh, basically on the way out the door, the previous governor, Bashir flipped the script on the Kentucky taxpayers and took us from about a $30 million investment to a $1.5 billion investment. But what we wanted to do in phase two was to kind of dig down more and find out why that happened. Why did, why did they flip the script? And, you know, we looked from a standpoint of the fact that from the original RFP, which was supposed to be a public-private partnership before we'd even had public-private partnerships, basically more of the burden, or at least some of the shared burden, being on the private uh, company. So after that RFP, which was July of 2014, uh, the, uh, it was awarded, and then there was negotiations, and there was a master agreement uh, signed in December of 2014. And that was a pretty straightforward uh, Pretty straightforward. A few changes from yeah. the RFP, but not, not yeah. as many as you might think. But as time went on, change well, after change, right? Yeah, well, between the master agreement and the project agreement, uh, it shifted dramatically. And oddly enough, between that master agreement and the project agreement, the buyer that was involved between the RFP and the uh, a magic master agreement was not involved for those additional negotiations that led to the project agreement and not only did it shift far away from the RFP putting almost all of the burden and risk on the state uh, it uh, you know fr from a standpoint it, it, it didn't even want to codify the RFP it superseded the RFP which was very uh, odd and strange what do we talk about that was was going on that has cost so much money? You had, they had to get rights of ways. Uh, they had to, uh, uh, to to go and actually put uh, equipment on poles. It, That's yeah. where well, well it got it's it's it's, right? it's it's multiple. It's multiple. Uh, and, and one oddly enough, they had received multiple warnings. Uh, they even paid. They spent over 1.3 million dollars to get advice from attorneys and engineers. And those engineers told us the way that they were going was going to be very costly and the burden on state. But there was multiple. They took on the risk of poll attachments. They also took on the risk of financing. You know, one of the things that Macquarie was supposed to do was obtain private financing that, for lack of a better word, didn't put the hook into the state bond rating. Well, that all changed. And so the biggest problem that we've faced is that, you know, there are technically still provisions where we can withdraw from it. But now that the bonds are tied to our credit, if we do, then it's going to greatly impact our credit rating. Well, the last time you were here, you indicated that Kentucky's too far into this project to back out at this point. It's We've very put difficult. too much money uh, yes. into it. Uh, where do we go from here? Well, it is my understanding that two lines are, are active, and uh, obviously they're 
my understanding is is they're going to be still several years away from being profitable. So now it's it's really up to those that are wanting it to continue and the General Assembly because they're still going to have the General Assembly still going to have to make uh, if they choose because the bond you know if they choose to make those availability payments uh, which you, you're just basically you're continuing to feed it. Uh, if we don't learn anything else from this bill we need to learn that going forward uh, we need to have a much more oversight on these type of projects. We need to stay more consistent with the RFP. The General Assembly may even want to uh, consider reining in some of the power of the uh, Finance Administration Cabinet Secretary because basically all this was done with the signature. We even made, you know, there were, there were multiple, multiple 407 uh, modification attachments to the original contract uh, that many of them were just recently put in this year. So, so this agreement really ballooned over two administrations, right? Uh, well, uh, the the biggest flipping of the script occurred in the previous uh, first Governor Bashir administration. There were additional adjustments as uh, Governor Bevan and his staff were trying to negotiate settlements to minimize. Uh, they still spent like a hundred and. $10 million, give or take, uh, trying to minimize the damage with the uh, pole attachments and what they called supervening events. But yes, there were adjustments made even during Bevin's if administration. the legislature continues to fund this, will Kentucky Wired become reality? Um, that is difficult for me to say. Um, you know, from a standpoint, there are, you know, obviously still concerns. Uh, there are many people that uh, still want to come. Uh, finish up and, and certainly I think it's uh, it, it, it was good for them to do it and I certainly think if they can bring it to conclusion uh, it would be great as well but either way it's going to be an additional burden on the state no matter which path that they take. Are there ongoing costs after it's completed that the state would the, incur? The, there is. Some of the things that they took on during between that RFP and the uh, master agreement and the project agreement were not only uh, they took on not only the risk of the pole attachments at a very aggressive rate, they also took on the responsibility of refreshing it, in other words, bringing it up to date, technology transfers, you know, or upgrades so quickly. So they've done that, plus those availability payments is really the big driver uh, of all this on the bonds. State Auditor Mike Harmon is with us on Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll ask him about another audit recently released and what else he's looking for. What's his agenda for the next four years? We're back in a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Glad you're here as we're now leading up to Christmas in the Commonwealth. We're with State Auditor Mike Harmon now and continuing our discussion. Uh, Auditor, you have uh, done a, a special examination of the uh, Child Support Enforcement mm -hmm. Branch That's of the great. Cabinet for Families and Children. There was an indictment uh, that uh, resulted from that one. That, that is my, yes. Uh, when we first started this, uh, Commissioner uh, Brian Hubbard asked us to go in and take a look. We made a decision to go in and look at some of the child support enforcements. And one of the things we did is we randomly selected about eight county attorneys. And it was really odd, Bill. You know, just the fact that we went in and started shining some of the light, uh, the office manager came forth and, and uh, you know, informed the local county attorney, the Boyd County attorney, uh, that she had basically been misappropriating some funds. And uh, so he contacted us as well as the state police and uh, that has led to an indictment. Uh, they are indicting her on as much as uh, I think 113,000 uh, that they are saying that she has taken. And uh, so uh, it, it just goes to show you just shine a little sunlight and people, people start to uh, 
want to make sure that they do what's right. What have other recent audits turned up? I know you look at uh, county governments uh, with regularity. We do. I mean, a while back we had talked about the standpoint of the Jackson County, former Jackson County Treasurer, who had uh, written herself, uh, depending on whose numbers you look at, somewhere between, anywhere between 120 to $160,000, uh, about half of those through federal funds, about half of those through state funds. So we have multiple. A lot of stuff we do on the day-to-day, -day, the statutorily requirements. Some of the stuff is just not being compliant uh, with the laws, not necessarily theft, but we do have some, just like the former Jackson County Treasurer and, and this one. Do, do you, are you sometimes surprised by how simple these uh, schemes are? Somebody's just writing themselves a check? Well, yes. From, from our standpoint, of course, it's odd that this one went on so long, and that was part of what we talked about, that if they had had uh, better checks and balances, because they weren't actually confirming whether or not these checks were being deposited in the proper accounts. And, uh, but yes, it, it is interesting sometimes how that works out. In your office and in your campaigns, you've used the slogan, follow the data. Uh, how can people uh, let you know, or what is it that you need to know from the public uh, that might be helpful to your office? Sure. Uh, anytime you have a tip of waste, fraud, or abuse, you can obviously go to our uh, hotline, 1-800-KY-ALERT, uh, give us a call, or you can go to uh, auditor.ky.gov and we have a tips line that they can provide as tips. And we have someone that assesses those tips, reviews surface, and then from the standpoint if we believe that they are, are valid, we can get those if there's an auditor in the field, whether it's our auditor or a CPA, we can get that to them, or sometimes the tips uh, rise to a special exam. About a minute, performance audits are designed to determine if programs are doing what the General Assembly uh, appropriate the money for them to do. Right. You're always looking at those programs, uh, right? Yeah, what we typically do, we, we don't do a, a lot now of what people could, would consider performance odds. What we do a lot is special exams. And sometimes during those special exams, we will look and see if the money is being spent wisely, efficiently, and if they are compliant with the law. Thanks for coming by. We Glad to be here. All right, thank you, State Auditor Mike Harmon. We want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. A reminder, of course, we'll have all the latest for you uh, throughout to this uh, week to come, Christmas week in Kentucky on WKYT News and on WKYT.com. That is Kentucky Newsmakers. Make it a good week ahead.